0: Boot's gonna be seventy nine then.
1: Monumental Sports and Entertainment, along with Pressbox, presents Stand the Fan's Bat Around. For the next two hours, listen in as Stand the Fan bats around all manner of topics pertaining to the great game of baseball with their great group of guest contributors. Feel free to tweet your questions to Stan at Stand the Fan. Now sit back and enjoy the Bat Around. Stan, take it away. And a
0: very pleasant good morning to each and every one of you in our listening and viewing audiences. It is Saturday, the 15th of February. I'm Stan the Fan. You know Paul Valley, who has been running the show for about two and a half months, something like that, 10, 12 weeks?
2: More, more like, like about seven, eight weeks.
0: Seven, okay. It is shorter than I thought. All right. But it feels like you're an old veteran in here now.
2: <laughs> It sure does.
0: All right. And you may remember this guy. He's an old, dear friend of mine, Miles Goodman. Uh, Miles, a longtime radio veteran in this market. How are you, Mr. Goodman? Hey, it's good to be back, Stan. Welcome to spring training. Yeah, spring training is getting started. And, uh, God, it's got to be about 40 years ago that I met you. Is that about right? Yeah, I'd Um, say so. Speaking of spring training, your brother, Brian Goodman, Played on our softball team in Pikesville at the Pikesville Men's Softball League. And one of these years, uh, it had to be 79 or 80, he brought along his kid brother, and you were about 19, and I would have been about 27. Is that the right difference? Yeah. You were something like that? You were
3: like Mr. Third Base back
0: then. I was Mr. Third Base, Mr. Manager, and uh, you were the young kid shortstop, and we've known each other. In a lot of different iterations over 40 years.
3: Yeah, it's been great, and uh, those were some, those were some fun times when back then uh, Pikesville Men's League was like the major leagues of softball. It was cutthroat.
0: I got together yesterday, uh, just coincidentally that you're in here. Got together at Jilly's. The guys that from my team, which eventually became Paul Bell's team, he, who ran the team. Paul, longtime physical therapist in town. An avid runner. You can see Paul in Pikesville uh, seven days a week running. Uh, Skipper Millicent was there, chiropractor. Bruce Eisenberg from Cohen Snyder, Katzenberg, and Eisen- Eisenberg, and Katzenberg, law firm. Robert Rezin. Uh, Griff. I only know Griff as Griff. <laughs> yeah, Griff was only Griff. I think it was Mike Griffin. I think. Could be Mark Griffin. But it's Peter, Griffin. Peter Griffin. No, it couldn't no, be no, Peter. Peter. It wasn't Griffin. Peter Griffin. Anyway, that's who was there yesterday. It was a small group yesterday, but uh, we'll have to get you out there sometime. Now, apropos to being a radio veteran, Buzz Bataglia, the late Buzz Bataglia, a dear friend of ours, helped me on my Saturday show when we first started doing Press Box. Uh, Buzz was a co-host on the show with me for a number of years. Then when we gave up radio... To move and do TV, Buzz took the show over, and who did he get in to work with him? Miles Goodman. He brought me in. Uh,
3: Coach Buzz was the man. He was a great guy. Uh, we worked. I worked with him uh, professionally in the automotive business, and then we were doing the radio show for about eight years, and we had it a lot was of fun. It was eight years? Yeah. God. Yeah, okay. and I think he was on. Prior to, prior to me, he had already he was he, on and he was on with his son John and Joe right, would join him.
0: Right, he got you after they sort of their careers were taken off yeah. and he couldn't count on them. Boy, he he was a lot of things to a lot of people, but one thing consistent when he started doing that radio show, he loved doing
3: the radio show. Absolutely, there was nothing that could take Buzz away from the radio show. You could you could tell Buzz. Uh, there's some (laughs) big event happening somewhere else he'd be like no miles we got to get down there at five o'clock we got to be at the station and we got to be on right at five o'clock he buzz was but
0: buzz the studio's on fire
3: (laughs) that's all right we'll finish the show show. (laughs) he was a great guy and uh i miss him he was a mentor He was a fantastic guy and uh still keep in touch with john and joe was actually uh He's coaching at Navy now. Navy football. That is incredible. Uh, that
0: his dad would be so yeah. proud of him. He was had he gotten to Navy before Fuzz no. passed away? No, it was so He would really be proud because he is one of those guys who has literally worked uh, Joe oh, has yeah. really worked his way up from small level up to playing uh, to coaching at Navy. That's a pretty big deal. Yeah, so
3: that's that's kind of cool to see him, and I, I still keep in touch with him, and I see his Facebook posts. But yeah, he's on the way, and he's a young guy, so he's he's on the ladder to to make it in in major coaching.
0: All right. Well, we welcome you in today. Thanks for coming in, because Craig Heist is not here. I reached out to you. I've been thinking about it. There's certain times where I can't be here, or Craig can't be here, and we need somebody. And you've been kind enough to say, hey, I'll fill in once in a while and be here. So look forward to getting your thoughts about uh, baseball. Uh, Paul, how are you doing? Doing pretty well, doing pretty well. I had a long night at work. I know, you last were at night, B- Baco so. on Valentine's Day. Baco on
2: Valentine's Day. It was a worthwhile endeavor, but a long night. Okay.
0: Boy, you, some, somehow every Friday night is pretty busy at that place.
2: Yeah, I mean, we do good business. We uh, we have great food, great service, obviously. You know, so no question I, about that. I wouldn't expect it to be any different.
0: You Now, know? is it all waiters, or are there waiters and waitresses? Waiters and waitresses,
2: I think that they, we all just like to be called servers. Servers.
0: Servers. That's right. All right. Remember Politically the correct. Remember the episode of um, Twilight Zone, the, the book, How to Serve Man?, when the, the, uh, space, they, they come down from space and they have this book, How to Serve Man, and, and mankind, you know, humans, think, oh, they, they're coming peace. And then they say, hey, we want to have you come on our ship. And it turns out that How to Serve Man is a cookbook. It's funny yeah. that you
3: mentioned the Twilight Zone. I have been re-watching them on Netflix. I'm right. into the second season. There's like 25 episodes per season. I'm into yeah, the second season. There were a lot season. of episodes, yeah. And there are so many actors and actresses that oh, came yeah. out of there. And so many ideas for movies and TV shows that actually came out of the well, Twilight Rod Zone. Rod did great. an
0: amazing, amazing job. For I, I bet there's probably... Over, I'm guessing there's probably over 200 episodes of that. Oh, easy. There's yeah. like 10 years, 20, yeah. maybe 250 yeah. plus. There's, yeah, there's a ton of them. All right. Well, it's not quite the Twilight Zone, but the last place Baltimore Orioles have shown up in Sarasota. and, uh, and actresses that came out of there. Is that so many ideas what is for that?
2: movies and TV shows? Oh, that man, that's, that's I thought I turned the volume all the way down on my phone. I apologize. I was liking and sharing the show, <laughs> and it turned on on my phone. You just reminded felt like the me. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm so sorry about that.
0: Me guys. to like and share the show. Sorry about um, that. That's quite all right. That's quite all right. We want to remind folks, though, as we get ready to talk a little bit about the Orioles. Here's who we've got on the show today. At 10:20, we're going to play an interview I did two days ago with Boo Powell. It's a year since the Orioles announced that Boog was coming to Sarasota with Boog's Barbecue, and we thought that that was worth a uh, chat with Boog. Ross Grimsley, the old left-hander, will join us at 1045. We've got little news about that. In about three or four weeks, Ross will be back with the Ross Grimsley Show on this station uh, or on this um, website or uh, Facebook Live. Uh, and also at 11:05, our friend Bill Latson from MLB.com joins us, and then at 11:35, 11:36 in that in there, an old friend uh, through the radio, Howard Bender, who is one of the owners of FantasyAlarm.com, will get our first uh, glimpse uh, at how you should prepare for your fantasy baseball team. And you and I were talking before the show. You played one year of fantasy baseball back in, I'm guessing, somewhere around
3: 88,
0: 89. It was like
3: prehistoric fantasy baseball where you had to do everything by hand. You didn't have the computers yet. Uh, you were having to access all your data out of uh, USA Today and then put it in an Excel spreadsheet, fax it over to Commissioner. It was not like today. It was uh, much different, much different version today.
0: Yeah. So you haven't played fantasy. Now, how about fantasy football? Have you been into that at all? I have not because I'm a
3: Ravens guy. I am all about the Ravens. You're into and, real football. Yeah, and it's really when you're when you're that hardcore Ravens, it's really hard for me to, to even from a fantasy perspective, to want to root for a running back or a defense for another team. and And it's just hard to change gears like that. So I've stayed away from fantasy football for all these years.
0: We urge you, by the way, if you are watching us on Facebook Live, and a couple people in addition to you and I have shared the show already, it's a huge difference to the a number of views and watchers we can get during a week if you like and share the show. It really, really helps us. So if you're a fan of the show, uh, there's no reason why we can't get another 10 or 12 of you out there to take a split second to like and share the show on Facebook Live. And you can find us at Facebook Live by going to facebook.com slash sports. And, of course, if you just want to listen to it, have it on in the background, you can go to pressboxonline.com slash radio, and then click on the little thing that says the batter around. All right. Miles Goodman and I are in here today along with Paul Valley. Our guest list includes Boog Pal. Ross Grimsley, Bill Latson of MLB.com, and Howard Bender of FantasyAlarm.com will let you know. Again, we every Saturday in all the shows that we do here, and we're in, little by little increasing the number of those shows um, uh, of our podcasting um, brood of shows. Uh, they're all um, all on facebook.com slash All all right? Uh, every single one of them, and they're all broadcast from the live casino hotel studios. So, uh, guys, I know it's just the three days or so that the Orioles have actually been at camp. It seems like the big news in camp, Miles, so far has been a little bit of a flu going around, and you can't make light of that in the day and age of a potential pandemic like the coronavirus but uh pedro severino the catcher we know he showed up wearing a not a catcher's mask wearing one of those uh, you know muffled nose face mask uh he hasn't been hanging out needless to say and yesterday apparently michael Givens and hunter harvey were seen by the doctors and sent back to their hotels or wherever they're staying
3: That's kind of a worrisome beginning. Although, good news is it's just a flu right now. It's not a coronavirus. It's just a flu. And there's no major injuries to report yet. And like I think you said a few minutes ago when we were off the air about there hasn't been any visa issues this year. No, that
0: was actually Paul brought that up. And I was expecting somebody, you know, to have a visa issue. You know, I didn't know who it would be. I guess the most likely not to pick on them. But was Pedro Severino, yeah. you know, or Hans or Alberto. You would have thought potentially would have a visa problem. But apparently all 67 or 68 Orioles are in camp right now. So uh,
3: that's good news. Is that is that a high number, 67, 68 it's, guys? It's, it's huge. Yeah.
0: It's probably about, I'm going to guess, 10 or 12 more than they would usually have. Does that sound about the right yeah, number? You,
2: you your usual spring uh roster invites non-invites or non-roster invites usually around 50 to 55. So 67 68 is a pretty astronomical number.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a big number. Uh clearly the Adley Rutschmans of the world that are in camp right now, they're there for a little bit of sh- It's not just show, it's truly it does help an Adlai Rutchman to be with the big league Absolutely. coaches and start they start to get to know him. He might get some instruction from Tim Cousins or Freddie Gonzalez, who are going to monitor the catchers. Uh, and they, you never know. Who, as good as Rutschman is, there is a learning curve, and there might be something they can teach him. In his, you know, I'm, I'm assuming he'll be in camp two, two-and-a-half weeks, you know, might even appear in a couple other games beyond that because he's just down the road at Twin Lakes Park. Uh, practicing or getting ready for his season Uh, and there might be a day they say oh uh, Chris Davis is out let's bring let's bring him in and he'll be our DH today or something like that
3: yeah I think it's good for him actually get the exposure to the major league camp Uh, that way you're maybe next year when you come in you're not as overwhelmed all these new things are happening so it's I think it's good for a guy like that to see To see it this year, we got a couple of weeks in.
0: Yeah, if there's any good news out of camp so far, I would say the best news out of camp, Paul, is uh, that Alex Cobb, so far, and it's only two or three days, but you're not hearing, and by the way, you are hearing this in some other camps, if you go to MLBTradeRumors.com and scan down there, a lot of pitching injuries already. Mike Clevenger, the Indians going to need meniscus surgery, so I don't think he'll be back until maybe mid-May at the earliest. I might be a little too far out on that. Maybe he could get back by May 1st, but he's clearly not going to be ready. Cole Hamels hasn't even made it to training camp with the Braves. They signed him to a one-year, $18 million deal, and he's dealing with shoulder stiffness. And they've already announced. That's a little scary. They've already said he won't be ready for opening day.
3: Were these injuries that they were like pre-existing with, like uh, Clevenger? Clevenger came
0: into camp and was doing some fielding drills, and meniscus popped. Uh, They did the surgery, or they're doing the surgery so fast that you you had to believe that if they had known about it a month ago, they would have done it a month ago because that's a pretty quick turnaround from that. But it's not going to be quick enough. He, he will not be ready opening day. Uh, Hamels, they may have known that Hamels is out, but they, you know, wasn't going to be ready. They chose not to announce it until training camp started. Who knows, maybe they thought, hey, maybe we can steal a veteran pitcher here who doesn't know what our situation is. They're always playing mind games a little bit. Didn't the Orioles make a small signing the other day, too? Yeah, they for the second week in a row, we got a left-hander out of the Seattle Mariners. Last week, 10 days ago, was Wade LeBlanc, 35-year-old veteran left-handed pitcher. This week, it was left-hander Tommy Malone, who at one time, I was a huge Tommy Malone fan uh, back when he was with the Oakland A's. They had acquired him from the Nationals in a deal, uh, but then after about four seasons in the major leagues, Malone's numbers like went bonkers. This is a guy who throws really two speeds, slow and slower. Yeah, Did he top
3: out at about 88 on his
0: fastball? I, I don't even know if he tops out at 88 anymore. But he gives up a lot of home runs, but he also the trade-off is he keeps people from making. A lot of hitters, he keeps them off stride. But it seemed like about three or four years ago, suddenly he wasn't keeping many people off stride. He began to split time between the minors and the majors. And if you look at him, hold on a second. Um, Tommy Malone, baseball reference. This is always fun for me. Uh-huh. Tommy Malone Baseball Reference. Here we go. This is this is Malone's numbers that I'm talking about. In his heyday when he was with the Minnesota Twins for a couple of years, his his whips. Forget his ERA's for a second. His whips. First year with the Nationals 1, 2, 3 1.23, 1.27, 1.27, 1.38, 1-2-1, then one, one, one two, seven. All of a sudden, in 2016, goes up to 1.52. It's like the league caught up to it. The next year, 1.6. Next year, 1.47. 1.75. Then 1.44. Th- then last year with Seattle, all of a sudden... Over 111 innings, his WHIP is 1.1 again. So, did he learn something? Maybe analytics played a part in it. I don't know. His earned run average wasn't fantastic last year, it but it would have looked but it would have looked pretty good on the Orioles. It was 4.76.
3: Well, 4.76, and he's lo- and would you say he logged 111 innings? 111 innings. innings. Oh. Uh, you know that's what you need. You need. <laughs> We're going to need guys that can log innings.
2: Well, four point seven six would have been, I think, the second best ERA in the rotation after Cashner left last year. Now,
0: but in fairness, though, or in objectivity, that's four point seven six with him pitching probably fifty or sixty innings in a spacious ballpark in Seattle. Uh, this ballpark is a lot different, uh, and he'll pitch half of his innings. My guess is he won't. My guess is he will not break camp with the team but he will be at my guess is and he probably has an opt out but I have a feeling it depends how he looks but that he would end up at Norfolk being some some depth there but then remember they got five or six guys and they got six or seven guys ready to be starters at Norfolk. So we'll see. Maybe Malone is a guy who is a make it or bust uh, with the he Orioles. He's a minor league contract. He's minor a league minor league, league contract. Now, the other part of the flip side of that is, you know from doing the show with me, I've had my eye on, and Mike Elias has sort of given some credence to my suggestion that the Orioles may reconnect with uh, Andrew Kashner. Um this is a guy who his two best seasons of the last five of his career, he had one one or two really good seasons with the, the Padres back about eight or nine years ago. But his two best seasons of recent vintage were 2017, his pitching coach in Texas was Doug Brocal. And last year, the first 85, 90 innings he pitched with the Orioles and his pitching coach was Doug Brocal. Noticeably better than any of his other seasons in the past. I think they're sort of they're in a contract, an ongoing dance with both Andrew Kashner and my supposition is they're they've got two major league contracts maybe being offered out there. Whoever grabs the first one becomes an Oriole, and I think Colin McHugh, who uh, Mike Elias is familiar with, and both Kashner and McHugh are probably sitting there going, well, it's nice to have a major league offer, but I'm going to wait for more money. I'm going to count on somebody else getting hurt on a contender and think I can better approximate what I think I'm worth because Cashner made $8.5 million last year. Uh, McHugh made $5.7 million. The Orioles aren't offering them in that ballpark. I'm guessing... McHugh, they're offering like 1.5 with a million in incentives, and Cashner maybe two, two to two and a half with 500 or you know a million. That's where I think they're at with those two guys. Well, if you're either of those two guys, there's really
3: no reason to sign quickly. You might as well wait it out and wait for. If there's already been several injuries to some key pitchers, you know there's going to be teams looking. So why? Why jump right in? And if you're a veteran pitcher, y- you're not looking to jump to the Orioles. Uh, exactly. Uh,
0: what the Orioles offer you starting April 1st or March 26th, as the case may be, the Orioles are offering you opportunity at a low base salary to go out and sort of reprove yourself. Showcase yourself Showcase again. yourself. Now, Cashner's uh-huh. 34 years old, I believe, uh, McHugh is 31, so there's a little bit difference there. Cashner may be looking for one or two more seasons in the big leagues. Um, McHugh may be looking for a two or three-year, one more two or three-year contract down the road.
3: Yeah, I mean, that makes it really difficult for to bring to, for the Orioles to jump right now. If I'm them, if I'm the Orioles, I'm Mike Elias. I'm waiting them out.
0: That's, that appears what's going on right now. Well, and the, the thing with Colin McHugh, he hasn't been a, a
2: starter since 2017. You mentioned he's actually going to be 33 in June. McHugh
0: is that old? Okay. Yeah,
2: he, he, he's pitched exclusively in relief the last two years, but he's always had a good ERA, always had a good whip. He's been a solid pitcher. I think that the Orioles give him his best chance to start. The thing with Kashner is he he probably isn't quick to sign here because they traded him last year. And if he signs here again this year and then he pitches well, what's to say they're not going to trade him again and he was outspoken about not wanting to be traded he last year. He was
0: outspoken year. about it, but first of all, let's let's be clear. He sort of d- said in like mid-June he said, well, if I'm traded, I'm going to I'll probably retire immediately as soon as he was traded to a good team. He showed up and he had a horrible time in Boston. Um, the Orioles aren't going to be able to trade Andrew Kashner again to a non-contending team. So why would you walk away again? Let's say this year he came in and pitched as well for 80, 90 innings, and we could trade him to the St. Louis Cardinals.
3: He's not going to retire again. And you know what? These guys, and a lot of them, they've got the money. They've, they've made their money, and he'll make his money again somewhere this year. But it's that elusive ring it's wi- it's getting the ring and if you have mm-hmm. the opportunity to be in Good the point. league and even if you start the season with the Orioles and say he say he, he's four and four with a, or you get towards the middle of the season you know, he's, he's showing his ERA is maybe four and a half and he's he's you know he's got a 500 record or three and five with a bad team yeah with a bad team and the Orioles put him on the block and he has the opportunity to finish the season like with a contender yeah, with the, I, like Terrell Suggs and the opportunity I, to 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 win another ring or the opportunity to win your first ring it's
0: pretty big but i think you make a good point when you say if you're the team you're not jumping and if you're the player you're not you don't want to jump necessarily at the first offer i think if we get around march 1st and those two guys haven't signed somewhere that's when they may say Hey, let's get back in touch with the Orioles. Maybe we can get. Maybe we can squeeze another two hundred grand out of them. But Kashner, again made sixteen million over the last two years with the Orioles. He's thinking of himself. He knows he's he's not in a commanding situation. But I'm sure he's thinking, I can't get four million. They're offering us one point seven five or two. Uh, he's insulted right now. Whereas May, March first. These two pitchers won't be as insulted by big league offers. Now, what they run the risk of at that time is all of a sudden the Orioles have played seven or eight games, and Brandon Bailey's pitching really well, and Wade LeBlanc looks good, and all of a sudden the Orioles have the opportunity at that point to say, "Hey, we're we're cool right now. Thanks, thanks for your interest. We'll get back to you if, if we're if we're interested." The interesting thing about the
3: the Oriole roster when you look at the pitching staff is there's so there's so many guys we really don't know what they're going to bring what they're going to bring and and it is a waiting game to see what they're going to do in spring training and
0: and early season boy we got blabbing the three of us and i i really did i looked at the clock i thought it was like 12 minutes after 14 minutes after it's 10:26 we've got Ross Grimsley coming up at 10:45 but before we hear from Ross Grimsley I had a chance the other day to chat with Boog Pal about a few things. And then we'll uh, have our first commercial break as well. So hang in there again. If you are watching us, you're watching us from the live Casino Hotel studio. And if you are watching us on Facebook Live, please like and share the program. Stan the Fan, Miles Goodman, Paul Valley, and right now, a chat with Boog Pal. Well, what would the beginning of spring training be without a chat with the one and only Boog Pal? Boog, how are you?
4: I'm doing great, Stan, and it's it's good to talk to you. I haven't heard a I haven't heard really a friendly voice all winter. It's good to hear from you.
0: Well, you're going to be hearing a lot of friendly voices starting in about a about a week's time. You're going to be at Ed Smith Stadium with your barbecue this spring again for the second season. And you tell me you're going to be down there for nine games, Boog?
4: Well, that's not it. That's not exact, but that's that's a rough estimate right now. There might be a few more.
0: All
5: right, there won't
4: be any less. Um, I'm going to try to be there as much as I can. We're our operation in spring training is bigger and better than ever. Um, we took one of our grill, one of our uh, smokers. That we had at our place in Ocean City, yeah, and uh, the Orioles bought it, and and we took it to Sarasota. So we're going to be, we've got a smoker that'll smoke and hold approximately 500 pounds of meat. Wow! So so it's big league stuff, and uh, you know the rest is up to us, and we know how.
0: Glenn, I'll tell you what, Glenn Clark could. Could, he and I could probably eat a good chunk of that 500 pounds. <laughs> hey, hey, let me ask you this, Boog, all kidding aside, people have been asking for years, why isn't Boog down in Sarasota? Well, when you got there last year, were you shocked at the demand for the product there, or, or was it just what you thought it would be? Because the place was... A- well, it,
4: you know, it was kind of like when we opened up at Camden Yards. I... I didn't know what to expect.
0: Yeah,
4: um, it was kind of. Then all of a sudden, we couldn't make enough. And last year down there, I mean, we just got we got smoked. <laughs> I mean, we just uh, we had long lines, and we had people working overtime, working night and day, trying to trying to keep the uh, supply up. It, it's going to be better now with this big smoker down there.
0: So you'll and,
4: be. Uh, Jw is there, and we're introducing a couple of new items. Um, like from Ocean City, we had a uh, we had a barbecue Sunday, which is really quite good. A
0: you know, barbecue Sunday? What is a barbecue? What coleslaw? is a barbecue Sunday? Wait a minute. What is a barbecue Sunday?
4: Well, it's like a it's like an ice cream Sunday, except you start <laughs> off with beans, <laughs> then you get coleslaw, and then you get pulled pork, and then you get coleslaw, and then you get pulled pork. And you
0: top it all with barbecue sauce. Wow, I didn't hear any ice cream in there, but it sounds delicious. <laughs> it sounds delicious.
4: It's better than ice cream.
0: <laughs> oh, how, man. Boog, how satisfying is it now? You started the thing in 1992 that it's still as popular. And I know the crowds haven't been fantastic, but the product is as popular and sort of to die for from the fans, how proud are you or are you of that accomplishment?
4: I'm I'm pretty proud of that. It's been uh, we we've changed techniques over the years, but the one thing that's remained constant is the quality of our product, whether it's the pork or the pit beef or uh, the turkey. And our turkey turned into be it's a monster now. It's yeah. just it's almost selling as much as the beef. And it, it's just been it's been incredible and it's pleasing to be out there and to see people's faces and see smiles on their face when they come back with a big plate and it's all full of barbecue sauce and they got it all over them and <laughs> I'm just I'm just loving
0: it. hey, in in your days as a player, did you ever play at Ed Smith Stadium when it was the White Sox spring training home? Oh yeah, yeah,
4: oh yeah, we had spring training. Well, actually, I played in a winter league in 1959. Um, I I played in a winter league, and I was in Clearwater, and we went to Ed Smith. And I played in Ed Smith Stadium when I was in high school in Lakeland. Uh, I went to my sophomore year at Lakeland Senior High, and and we played over at Ed Smith back then. Or it was Sarasota, and it was the same ballpark. I couldn't remember... If it was called Ed Smith or not? Back yeah, then.
0: I think it was, but uh, it it the the job that the Orioles did in Janet Marie Smith and and redoing that place it just blows your mind away, doesn't it? It's such a I know it.
4: It's incredible. And we talked originally about putting boogs in there, and it just never. Yep. I don't know. It never materialized, and now uh, we've got a we've got a beer coming out with my name on it, and. We got all kinds of little surprises
0: for you. Is that going to be up? Is that going to be for sale up here as well at Oriole That's Park? That's going to be
4: for sale in Baltimore, also.
0: All right, yeah. and it will be a, on sale down there at Ed Smith this spring. Yeah, well, not sure. Of I might
4: be a little premature all in right. saying well, all these things, but these are all things that are in the pipeline. All right, and I'm pretty sure that it's going to
0: happen. All right. Hey, one other thing, Boog, before we let you go, and we just wanted to have you on because I was going through some emails uh, just before the show, and I saw that it was exactly a year ago, maybe a day or two earlier, that the club announced that you were uh, going to be there at Ed Smith Stadium a year ago. So now it's the second year, and I wanted to have you on and plug that because I think fans need to know that and – uh They'll find you, believe me, to look where those lines are. But I had one other area to talk to you about today. Yeah, it was crazy, absolutely crazy. Now they do a nice business, but in trying times, you know, in other words, the population of people that could possibly eat at Boogs on any given night isn't what it was 20-some years ago, 25 years ago. Uh, We are going to take our first time out. When we get back, we'll continue talking about some things, but we'll uh, let you know that we are broadcasting from the live casino hotel studios, and uh, one of our fine sponsors, we want to let you know, is the Bat Around is presented by Mobile One. Mobile One, full synthetic motor oil, helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center and ask for Mobile One. Um it's a big month for fight fans at Live Casino. On Saturday, February 22nd, the Hall at Live hosts a watch party for the big Deontay Wilder-Tyson Fury t- title fight. Miles, are you a big fight, uh, heavyweight fight fan?
3: I enjoy it, yes. Yeah,
0: all right. Um, admission starts at just $15 and includes one premium cocktail, beer or wine, or go all in. For $75 with an all you can eat wing buffet and premium open bar. Prices go up slightly at the door, so get your tickets now at livecasinohotel.com. And then on Friday, February 28th, Jeter Promotions. I don't know if (laughs) Derek Jeter's involved with them or not, but Jeter Promotions presents Friday Night Boxing in the Hall at Live. Damon Nicholson faces Mike Guy in the main event. Tickets start at just $55. As always, free parking for all events. Get your tickets now by going to livecasinohotel.com, and we will remind you that real barbecue and an amazing selection of whiskeys and microbrews. When you come to Blue Pit Barbecue in Hamden, you get the cool atmosphere and the best barbecue in the area, all made fresh and smoked every day, open for lunch and open late. Blue Pit is also great for parties and events. Go to BluePitBBQ.com. That's BluePitBBQ.com for menus and directions. When we get back, we'll be joined by our friend Ross Grimsley. You're listening to The bat Around, and we again are
1: broadcasting from the live Casino Hotel Studios. Baltimore's favorite bar is just 771 feet from home plate. Slider's Bar and Grill, just steps from Camden Yards, is the perfect sports bar for Terps and Caps season, with all the games on dozens of TVs. Slider's daily specials include Mexican Monday, Wing Ding Wednesday, Bloody Brunch Sunday, and more, with different drink specials every day of the week, including Fancy Clancy Pilsner. Find out about all of the parties and get info on having your own party or company event at slidersbaltimore.com. Slider's one of Baltimore's original, continuously operating bars.
6: Royal Farms is known for being real fresh and real fast, but we're also Real Baltimore. That's because Baltimore is our home base and our home. Like purple and black, flamingos and sunglasses, or crabs in Old Bay. Our subs are Real Baltimore, right down to the name.
1: We make them fresh, delicious, and to your order. All day, every day, at a price that's easy to swallow. Royal Farms subs are another reason why Royal Farms is real fresh,
0: real fast, real Baltimore. Check out Costa's
7: Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. They're known far and wide for their great steamed crabs and crab cakes. And their nightly specials also include crab cake night on Monday, rib night on Tuesday, steak night on Wednesdays with a half-priced bottle of wine, and lobster night on Thursdays. Check out CostaZen.com to find out more. And the delicious crab cakes are shipped anywhere.
1: Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square now offers their piping hot chicken noodle and chicken tortilla soup. Shredded chicken breast with navy and black beef in a white, creamy soup base with a perfect blend of vegetables and spicy heat. Topped off with seasoned corn tortilla strips, obviously perfect for cold weather. Plus, it's a great compliment to the best chicken sandwich on the planet. And if you're hosting or headed to a party, pre-order from Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square Catering for not only is it delicious and a fan favorite, but it smells amazing and it'll be ready when you are. Download the Chick-fil-A app, place your order, and pile up Chick-fil-A bonus points, good for free food, Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square. 5198 Campbell Boulevard Call Steve if you'd like your party catered by Chick-fil-A
5: 410-931-0031 If you're looking to make an impact there's no better place to do that than the U.S. Army Whether your goal is to fight and cure deadly diseases, develop technologies or seek adventures across the globe the Army is where all of that can happen and so much more The Army is a team of a million individuals working together to take on the most complex problems in the nation and the world and to win Ask yourself, what's your your warrior. Go to Army.com slash Baltimore to find out. To learn more, contact your local Army recruiter and find us on social media at US Army Baltimore
0: catch all the action at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill, voted best sports bar 18 times, where we have tons of TVs to catch every moment of every game. Enjoy $6.99 burgers on Mondays, $5.99 nachos on Thursdays, and other food and drink specials throughout every season to help you cheer on your favorite teams. Come in today and try something new from our seasonal menu. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. All right, we are back on the battle round, and uh, we had our big uh, 100-block charity pool uh, on the Super Bowl, and we had some uh, nice winners. Uh, My friend uh, Kevin Anselmi has a foundation down in Baltimore. He's a real estate agent in South Baltimore and Federal Hill. He has now won three straight years, and his foundation, South Baltimore Network, uh, won the first quarter. Um And he he does an interesting thing. Oh, it's already 45. All right, you're calling Ross? Okay. All right, that sounds good. Kind of am off on my time today. I right. mean, yeah, um, you
3: have a good time. time but that's
0: exactly right. That's exactly right. But anyway, uh, he won the first quarter, and then my friend Ron Filling, who's the um, a- automotive manager out at uh, Thompson Jeep, Chrysler and also Toyota is where I bought my last car five years ago. He won the second and third quarters. And then John Angelos and the Orioles buy a uh, block for Masson and the Orioles. And uh, the Orioles won the last block at the la- that crazy last touchdown. Maybe that's uh, an omen for the Orioles. Uh, let's hope. I'll tell you what, it's a good $3,000 omen for <laughs> Jubilee Arts here in town. Uh, that's really an interesting uh project we'll talk about at some point in time joining us right now on the hotline is old friend the old left-hander and uh that is ross grimsley ross welcome in i'm sitting here with uh miles goodman is co-hosting with us today how are you hi hey, everything's going great buddy how you guys doing we're doing really really well say hi to miles hey miles how you doing man
3: hey, i'm good it was great i'm a big fan it was great watching you pitching today that was a couple of days, a couple of years ago, or it? yeah, it seems like yesterday <laughs> to me. It, it was no, great. it really does. Now you told it me, goes.
0: you told me the other day, Ross. Are you and Bird celebrating? You just celebrated your anniversary, right?
7: Anniversary was the twelfth. And uh, what? It 48th. was the forty
0: Forty eighth. Forty eighth.
7: Yeah, she put up with you that that long. Wow! Congratulations. Thank she, God. she
0: deserves and a then, medal.
7: No, no kidding. Well, yeah, she's, uh, she's the one that helped this, uh, this family together, so yeah, she deserves uh, every bit of metal.
0: Now, it's really, yesterday
7: yesterday was her birthday, her 69th birthday, Right. so we got to uh, celebrate that uh, and ha- had a good time. But uh, yeah, it, we have everything, the 12th and the 14th of this month, and then we do most of the celebrating on the 13th, and right in between.
0: So so got to <laughs> ask you, it's really interesting yesterday, I asked Ross his wife Bird, her birthday is on the fourteenth and her anniversary is on the twelfth. And I said, Wait a minute, you got the Valentine's Day is her birthday. She gets a double treat. And then he said, Yeah, we got married the few days before. And I said, Why didn't you wait until February fourteenth? It would have really been easy. And your answer right. was your answer was
7: I had to go to spring training. We we had just bought uh, I think a brand new 1972 or seventy yeah 72 uh, Mercury white Mercury Mercury Cougar. We drove it off the showroom floor, and we drove to Florida to spring training. And our honeymoon night, we got to spend the night in a uh, gas station parking lot. So that was the first year they opened up Disney World. Right. So there was nowhere to stay within 150 miles uh, of uh, of where we were going, out of Orlando, actually. And we couldn't get anywhere, so I was exhausted. We had everything we owned in this uh, two-door Mercury Cougar. We pulled in at this gas station. There was no one there. It was late at night. We woke up in the morning in the car and uh, looked, and there was the the parking lot, the gas parking lot was packed because no one else could have a place. So our honeymoon night was uh, in a gas station parking lot in the uh, front seat of a two-seater Mercury Cougar.
0: You How romantic, did, huh? Did, did you have champagne? <laughs> uh, there wasn't enough room for a bottle of champagne. <laughs>
7: <laughs> it was packed to the brim. But uh, and then and then we went from there, and we stayed, and we we spring trained with the Reds in Tampa, right? And uh, we got we lived in half a trailer uh, in Lutz, Florida, which obviously now is really quite grown up. But uh, that was we had half a trailer that we lived in. Uh, in Lutz, Florida, our first place.
0: Now, where was in Tampa? Uh, not that I'm that familiar, but I've been there a couple times. Where was spring training home f- in Tampa?
7: It was right Go off of Dale Mabry. It was a play. Al Lopez Field was the ballpark. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it was, I don't even know if it's there any any longer, but obviously now that uh, the Yankees have their their complex and uh, facility there. But uh, yeah, it was Al Lopez was the field. The old that the Tampa. Tampa Tarpons, which was the A-ball team, uh, I believe, for the Reds at that time, played there. But uh, in the, the complex, I forget Redland was what it was called.
5: Right. And they had the four. It was
7: it was a nice place, but God, I will never forget how hot it was. The sand fleas. Uh, obviously, our lunch we got an orange and a and a bologna sandwich or a peanut butter jelly sandwich. So that was back. Was a long time ago, and right. things have obviously changed. But,
0: who was uh, your, who was the Reds manager at that time? Was it Dave Sparkle? Sparky? No, Sparky. Sparky Sparky, was Sparky
7: Anderson. Yeah. All
0: right. Uh, My
7: first spring training was seven, nineteen seventy-one, uh, with them, and uh, Sparky had uh, you know taken over, I believe, in seventy, if I'm not mistaken. Hey, but hey, uh, yeah, we, we had we had a bad year in seventy-one, and the uh, next year we came back and played Oakland, got beaten in the World Series. So that was still the
3: years of Johnny Bench, Dave
0: Concepcion, uh, Peter no, Rose, Pete Rose okay. uh,
7: Tommy Helms. Uh, uh, that
0: was the Red Machine. Yeah, the big Red Machine. Yeah, that machine. was, that was that the was
7: beginning the was, of the Red Beginning of the yeah. Red
0: Machine, yeah. Uh, we're talking with Ross Grimsley, uh, left-handed pitcher who uh, pitched for the Baltimore Orioles for a number of seasons, and he lives in in town here. And uh, Ross, it looks like we're gonna wind up the uh, accordion and get you uh, doing the Ross Grimsley show in a couple. We're weeks.
7: We're gonna do it again, yes, sir. We get uh, get some people on there. We had I think I had a pretty good time with uh, with some guests last year. Hopefully, we'll come up with uh, a few new guys. But yeah, that that was fun getting their perspective and ideas. Uh, uh, you know, on, on what was going on last year, not only with the Orioles, but around baseball. And I'm sure there'll be a lot to talk about this year. <laughs> there already is, and I'm sure more things will happen.
3: How big a difference is it in preparation between when you were pitching and your off-season <laughs> conditioning and what guys are doing today?
7: Well, I, I think, you know, now in, in this day and age, or well, before we watched, I mean, we... <laughs> It's funny, we, we did a lot of the stuff they're doing now, obviously not the extent because we didn't have the computers and what have you, but uh, analytics back then, uh, it was analytics, but it wasn't called analytics. And we did a lot uh, by watching the game, and uh, a lot of the same stuff that, are, that is done now we were doing, it was just wasn't called anything. It's just like a lot of the terminology now that is used by the, the analytical technology people that are running the game, uh, is they just change the names of stuff they just get give it bigger names and di- different names but it's a lot of the same stuff i sh- i recommend you read the billy Rifkin book cuz it is outstanding i got it the other day and i just had to cuz i know how he feels about things and and how how you could blend the two but if if they would blend the two if they would want to blend the two and they they don't want to do that so uh the book is great it gives you an idea and just tells you how a lot of the things that uh, we're done in the past uh, you know that are doing going on now were we're done in the past
0: we're talking to Ross Grimsley Ross one of the things miles and I and Paul were kicking around about a half hour ago is the sheer number of players the Orioles have in camp this year it's great for competition. But do you recall, you know, the Orioles have 66, 67 people in camp right, right now. Uh, is, is it really favor the competition, or is it almost too much?
7: Hey, I tell you, going, I know when I was coaching with the Giants, you know, we would have 150 guys, 130 guys in spring training uh, at the minor league level, which they're going to have with the Orioles. They're going to have 150-something guys. The biggest thing is where do you put them all? Some guys sometimes had to double up, which is really really tough. But uh, yeah, I mean it. it you you have a lot of people. I mean you'll you'll start weeding them out, obviously, and uh, there's not enough room for everybody. But yeah, it it really. Uh, I mean the biggest problem now in, in baseball is getting enough on the field time. I mean it, it comes down to your strength You got strength and conditioning. You got the analytical technology. Uh, you got so much that it takes away and and this is done by uh, I, I think by design it takes away what they could do on the field and and you see that by the way the game you got some great athletes you can't you can't uh, deny that there's some tremendous athletes out there that are that are bigger stronger faster than uh, the years before the problem is is they don't they don't get on the field enough uh, they don't do fundamentals enough everything is rest everything is rest now yeah it, uh, i guess they got the the worst, the most well-rested, bad fundamental players in the game is today the because they don't do a lot of stuff on the field. The big thing now is the uh, uh, the player that can play multiple positions. Well, you get you get a player that plays multiple positions. He's usually only uh, uh, really above average at one, so that kind of that kind of hurts your defense right there. But uh, and then they they added another player to the roster. You know, they got twenty six guys. It it, is a little bit different, but uh, I think getting on the field, doing the fundamentals, and with the shifts, uh, they got so many guys out of position. Uh, They got guys playing. You know, your third base is playing shortstop. Sometimes he plays short right field, and uh, they're really out of position. It's really tough, especially the young players coming up uh, to. know where to go and get a feel. That they just don't have uh, have the feel and the uh, and being told where to play. Now you have to give a guy you know a card that tells him where to play. And they're telling him where to play. That's a generality. That that doesn't go uh you know, this is where this guy hits the ball most of the time. Left or right, who doesn't matter who's on the mound. It's a generality. And the guys uh, you know, they had to be told where to play. I mean, that's, can you imagine telling Ripken where to play? <laughs> uh, or or, or Al Belanger or Paul Blair or some of these guys. I mean, when you got certain people, I know when I was with the Orioles in 74, we had Cuero McNally myself and Palmer and three left-handers. We all pitch guys different. And uh, so they played according. The big thing is you hit your spot, a guy made contact, there's a good chance somebody's going to be there to make a play. You don't have that luxury now because the command of guys is just not that good. They throw, uh, you know, many more pitches to hitters now than they did in the past. It seems to go up every year. But uh, yeah, but things are a little bit different. I think if if more baseball uh, fundamentals and and throwing and and actually running, you don't see pitchers running on the field like you, they used to. You don't see the players doing it actually uh, a lot, and you see a lot more injuries. So that, there's a lot of things that. Uh, I, I think it could change, and would would help would help the players. But I mean, that's not my call.
3: <laughs> well, you mentioned some of the defensive guys like Belanger and and Paul Blair, Brooks, Dave Johnson. I mean, Boog, those are some of the greatest defensive players ever to, to even to be on the field. But right, my my question. So when you were pitching. Did you ever have a pitch count? Like today, a starter, if you get near 100 pitches, they say, you know, you're pretty much you're done. I mean, I don't remember right. that back when, you know, no. under Weaver. I pitched, and, I pitched 14
7: innings one night against the Yankees so, uh, in, uh, at Memorial Stadium. So And then uh, a start later, I pitched nine and then 11 after that. So, no, there wasn't. But, uh, again, I mean,
3: and how'd your arm feel after that? Was there any well? It, it was
7: it was tired, but I mean, it, it was there were some things that we did. You know, uh, obviously, we used to run a lot more on the field, supporting and not on a uh, treadmill or an elliptical or that type. which is fine, but it doesn't support your weight. And after we, I mean, we had a a way we would do things. You know, you pitch the next day, you would abuse yourself running and maybe take some ground balls going back. Well, you don't. You know, always moving, and then we did stuff during the winter. We played basketball and, and stuff, but yeah, uh, it, 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 it's a little d- different now how they, how they how they go about doing stuff. Uh, but a lot of it, a lot of it is with uh, new technology, and I'm not saying that it, it, it's bad, but it's just it's not the same. And now you see, you see a lot more injuries. I mean, you see guys do, doing stuff. I mean, uh, uh, Clevenger with his thing doing. Uh, I'm not sure what he was doing, but he's got a violent delivery. He got a lot of moving parts and stuff, and it's just a matter of how long can he go doing that? And uh, uh, had somebody else that uh, that was doing an off-season thing that that got hurt, just another pitcher just just recently. I forgot who it was, but these things coming up, I and mean, you get you get injuries off the field. I mean, that, to me, that's I mean you got to start looking. The Yankees had a, had a a plethora of problems last year, and they they. Change their strength conditioning. I mean, you had you had ninety million dollars of uh, uh, players on the disabled list or the injury was injury list or whatever it's called now. But at one point last year, you had almost half a billion dollars of players injured that couldn't play. Now that's to me that's a problem, and you don't hear a lot about it. There's a lot of preventable injuries, I think. Uh, you know that that happen that happens off the field. You got guys that pitchers that can't run the bases that end up with uh, with uh hamstrings and quads that's because they don't run and uh, i mean uh, you can blame it on whatever you want uh, the the uh, uh the interleague play or whatever but you gotta yeah you know, these people are smarter than that they gotta come up with some stuff but they they're such a division between strength additioning uh analytics uh, the baseball people, I mean, they, they just can't, if they could all get together, this would be, you'd have some tremendous, uh, uh, you know, players doing some really great th- greater things than they're doing, but they would be fundamentally better because they're doing, it's baseball. It's, it, it's not anything else, it's baseball, and, and you get better by being on the field, practicing, doing the fundamentals, doing the basics, but they don't do that anymore. That there's more uh, uh, stuff leaning towards analytics, and and video and in uh, that type of thing.
2: Overall, uh, this is Paul Valley. Um, you're yeah. talking about injuries to pitchers and the Orioles have a guy in Alex Cobb who's entering his third season with the team. He's at, he was injured most of last year had the blister issues the year before that. Right. He's he's healthy right now, but if he gets injured, the Orioles have four rotation spots that they have to fill this spring training. And about eight to ten candidates, guys like yeah. David Hess, Keegan Aiken, what do these guys have to do to take that next step? And if you had your druthers, who would you like to see take that next step for the Orioles this year?
7: It's, it's you know, it's right now uh, it's, it's preparing, uh, obviously, and not you hate to see guys come in that are, that, I mean, I was watching, watching them grow a, a little bit on the, I saw something, and the guys are are really at the point where they're they're putting a pretty good. A lot of guys are, have been throwing. <clears throat> you just don't want to peek out too quick, and, and what happens? They're not going to be really watched until the last, you know, two or three weeks. So you got you got six or seven weeks of spring training, which is a long time. So you you just gotta it before uh, the guys would come in, and the guys that knew they were going to be on the team, they prepared. Uh, and, and turn it a little slower than normal as, as Grinke's coming in with Houston. Everybody goes, well, he's not coming in the 22nd. Well, he knows what he has to do. He's a veteran guy, and uh, he knows what he has to do to get ready. But, uh, you know, like I said, the eyes, will be, they'll be judging them on the last probably uh, two and a half, three weeks of the uh, uh, spring training season. So, I mean, uh, some guys, they have to, they have to uh, do stuff now to get noticed. Because you got so many guys in camp, but uh, I mean they got they got a lot of guys, and uh, the thing is, is is to stay healthy, and that's not to do too much too soon. Because what happens is you'll come up, uh, uh, you know, with, with a with a tired tired arm, and the guys are going to go through that. They're going to go through a tired arm uh, period in spring training, and that's usually after your uh, you know your second or third start. For some guys, depending on how much they throw. Now that thing is now you know you throw, uh, you know if you throw five innings, you're up you know you're to be a star. But uh, yeah, it, you have to take your time. And uh, who is going to be the starters? Obviously, uh, means probably Cobb and uh, possibly some of the newer uh, newer guys, older veteran guys they've signed if they can stay healthy. Cobb too, his thing is he's coming off the hip hip deal, and uh, I mean it, it's a it's a grueling time. For, especially if you're you've been injured and you're trying to bounce back, it, it's really tough, and you got to be careful and take. And you got to know your body. Some of these young guys don't know their bodies or their arms yet, and they're young. And even the, the position players that they get pushed so fast. And from what it sounds like now, you know the, the Orioles they have the luxury of taking time with some of these younger guys and pitchers, which is really good. And some of the guys are getting the experience of spring training now. The younger pitchers of. Of what goes on what you have to do and hopefully you got some veteran pitchers uh, that are there and obviously Cal uh, uh, is a veteran uh, pitcher and a pitching coach so that they can uh, that they can pass on the information about what they have to do and, and uh, what will be taking place over the the period of time of spring training
0: hey one more question for you Ross and we're talking with Ross Grimsley Ross Grimsley will be back this season doing a weekly Podcast with us, the Ross Grimsley Show. Uh, we'll announce the date and time when it's going to start, but probably in about three weeks. Ross, uh, one player that signed a nice one-year contract for the Atlanta Braves is Cole Hamels. And right. it was announced this week that Cole's got a little shoulder stiffness. He's still at home. He was, he was the guy. He was the guy I was I was trying to think of. And, yes. and then they announced, well, he's not even going to be ready for opening day. That's got to be pretty significant his shoulder stiffness if they can already announce on like February 14th right. that he's not going to be ready how long do you think they and he have known about this any any idea
7: well supposedly he heard it throwing weighted balls okay so that that was that's what i had heard now how true that is i'm not really sure but that was the rumor or that was what was printed so if that's true, I mean, obviously he did that probably during the uh, uh, during the winter. Yep. Uh, and it probably something, maybe, I don't know if he'd ever done it before, but that is, I mean, you've got to, when you start doing things like that, again, it's another injury off the field. Right. I mean, it, come on, guys. I mean, you're trying to, some of these guys are trying to, uh, obviously the big thing now is to add velocity to, the, uh, to it, and it's more velocity and less location, which is really backwards. You know, a lot of guys, you've got you got this amount of velocity, and if you've done it over a period of time and then you try to add to it, you're going to get hurt. Is that I mean, I've seen so many guys that try to add, you know, or try to throw harder than they're capable of or they need to. I mean, you've you got to find the amount of effort to put into a pitch to throw the ball in a spot. And if you throw it any harder, then you're going to take away from your location, and you, gotta, you, in, you enhance the chance of an injury when, you, when you're doing that. So you've got to be really careful. And the guys that uh, – uh, that's the big thing now, watching these guys go to these facilities. And, uh, and, and do some of this stuff. You're just gonna, I mean, some guys are, are fortunate; nothing happens. But some of them get hurt, and they it can be avoided. So you got to be really careful. And that's something that uh, with Hamels is something that probably happened during the winter, and and now he has to really rest his uh, his shoulder, and uh, before he can even start
0: uh,
7: mm, God, uh, that's throwing big, again, it's
0: a big setback. Miles has got a oh, quickie. Yeah. Miles yeah. Has got a quickie just for a, you. Then we got a break. Sure. Sort
3: of a follow up to that is. Is that the kind of thing you should be trying to add to your repertoire, your off-season repertoire, when you're 33 years old and you've been a veteran? He's probably 35. 35, yeah. and you've been a veteran. You know, you're a 12-year veteran of Major League Baseball. It just doesn't seem like the kind of thing would make sense to add at that point. You would know your <laughs> body. No, it doesn't.
7: It, it, and you watch, you watch a lot of guys that some of the more successful pitchers, uh, you know, are, are working more changing speeds and in, in location but that's just—I mean, uh, they, who knows? You yeah, could he got a lot of a lot of high school, a lot of college guys now. Or the pressures put on them to throw harder. And uh, I mean, you just see—you see a ton. You talk to an orthopedic surgeon; they'll tell you they're doing uh, they're doing surgeries on guys as young as twelve years old, Tommy John surgeries and stuff. That's ridiculous. That is just outrageous. But that, that has to. Do. But I mean, if you want to get looked at, you want to get signed. You want to go to a, a, a division one school? They want guys that can throw with some uh, uh, velocity, and, and I think that all of this is going to go full circle. I really believe it. A lot of a lot of people that they're starting to see some of the stuff. You're starting to see that how important starting pitching is. The two teams, the Washington and uh, uh, what the Dodgers and uh, Houston, they have starting pitching. You know, and those are the, guys, those are the teams that are going to go deep in the playoffs, the ones that have the starting pitching. You can't continue to run your bullpen out uh, and have guys pitch 50, 60, 70 times a year, throwing as hard as they can, throwing breaking balls as hard as they can. It's going to take its toll. And I know, I think, uh, between 2018 and 19, there were about 25 quality relievers that signed, and I think an average of $8.5 billion dollars. Nineteen of them were flocks. Something happened to them. They didn't have good years uh and, and they just really, really struggled because i mean you're you're going out like i said 50, 60, 70 times eighty times a year and just uh you know overdoing it, and it's going to take its toll and uh, you know you got starting pitching that's the thing you've got to have
0: all right uh we'll be calling we'll we'll be touching base with you soon, ross. Got gotcha, you, buddy. All right. Thank you very thank much.
5: Thank you for calling, guys. Oh, you got it. All
0: right. Let me see that again. I, I, I didn't know what you were showing me. I, I was just letting you know that I let Bill know that we were going to be calling him a little bit later. Okay. A, a little bit, right. bit later. All right. But, I appreciate that because I was just texting him, too, so great minds think alike. This is the bat around round want to remind you that we're broadcasting from the Live Casino Hotel Studio. Today's show is sponsored in part by Citron Restaurant and Bar. You'll love their fresh Atlantic seafood, sushi, and thick grass-fed steaks. Their Wagyu beef burgers are to die for. CitronBaltimore.com. And Baltimore, different level, but still a favorite of Baltimore. Their favorite sports bar is just 771 feet from home plate. Sliders Bar and Grill, just steps from Camden Yards, is the perfect sports bar for Terps and Cap season, with all the games on dozens of TVs, including today's Maryland-Michigan State game, Sliders daily specials include Mexican Monday, Wingding Wednesday, Bloody Brunch Sunday, and more with different drink specials every day of the week, including Fancy Clancy Pilsner. Find out about all the parties and get info on having your own party or company event at SlidersBaltimore.com. Sliders, one of Baltimore's original. Continuously operating bars. And we are, do we have uh, Bill online with us? Bill Latson, our favorite writer from MLB.com. Not that we don't love Richard Justice, too, but Bill is our favorite. Uh, joins us. Bill, uh, no Craig Heist, but Miles Goodman is here today. Say hi to Miles. How's it going, Miles?
3: Hey, good. Good morning. Hey, he's you're much better
0: than Craig. He's much better looking than Craig. Yeah. Yeah. By and, far. And he's got class. You know, because Craig Craig has a lot of class, but it's all low, right? Yeah, correct. (laughs) All right. Just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, Bill, I mean, you had a a crazy week this week. You were out in Kansas City, Missouri. Tell our listeners and uh, Miles and Paul and myself, what the heck were you doing in Kansas City in mid-February?
8: Well, the uh, Negro League Museum uh, celebrated its 100th anniversary. And uh, the Negro Leagues uh, was created uh, this past week in 1920, and uh, it, it was a blast. I mean, uh, y- you know, to see what uh, what they've done to keep it alive, to keep the museum going. You know, they got a million dollars um, from Major League Baseball and the Players Association to keep it going. They're actually building a um, a research center, a research center in honor of Buck O'Neill. So. Uh, that was another announcement they made so it was really good um, to be there and uh, to see it to uh, flourish
0: Bill you're you're African American to the uh, to the Af- African American players that are playing the game today is that an important locale to stop by and see and experience? oh no doubt about it um,
8: to all uh, players uh, not just uh, African Americans I mean, I, I was there when Bryce Harper went to the Negro League, League Museum and he had a blast. You know, I was there when Scott Harrison, um, who is Mexican and African-American, right. he went there because his grandfather played in the uh, Negro League. So, it, you know what, it, it is uh, a place to go for all the players. And uh, I'm telling you, they have fun and it, and it helps. They have a guy by the name of, uh, you know, his last name is Kendrick. Bob Kendrick, and yeah, Bob Kendrick, and let me tell you, that guy can tell some stories. So uh, he doesn't bore anyone at all. So uh, that helps.
3: Well, it's such an important part of the game, uh, the history of the game. There were so many of the African American players that could have played in major in the actual in, you know major league baseball and just didn't have the opportunity. Uh, what, what like I've been to the major league baseball hall of fame. What how different is the African American Hall of Fame? What type of uh, displays, displays and yeah. things that they have, um, and play, you know that, that that honor the players.
8: Well, um, I'll give an example. Um, the new exhibit they have now—they have a bunch of paintings of all the players in color, and uh, I found that amazing. And also, too, uh, what they do is they lend—they lent some of their photos out. to um, you know, outside of Kansas City. For example, I went to the uh, Yogi Bear Museum recently, and they had outstanding photos in, in New Jersey. So um, it was great to see. They also have memorabilia of some of the Negro League players. Uh, it, it's similar to the Hall of Fame. The only difference is no one's going to the Hall of Fame. So, um, you know, there's a lot of Satchel Page, Jackie Robinson, obviously, um, you know Josh Gibson, but, but all the players, all of them, and uh, it's it's you should go there. It's fascinating.
0: Hey Bill, before we move on to a couple other topics, this week also marked the one year anniversary in the death of Frank Robinson, which it's yes. hard to it's hard to believe how fast this year went by. Was he a topic of conversation out there in Kansas City? Um, no, he wasn't
8: uh, simply because he did not play in the Negro leagues, but right. Hank Aaron and Willie Mays. Yeah, I mean those guys were were talked about because they did play in the Negro League. So, um, but that's about it.
0: Is is there is MLB still? I remember the the RBI program returning baseball to the inner city. Is there still much of a push by MLB to try and get African American kids more interested in playing baseball, or is it or is it something that they've forever lost the majority of to football and basketball?
8: No, man, they're trying hard yeah. to get more African-Americans to play baseball. I mean, I think it's more so now than what it was when Bud Seelig was there. Mm-hmm. I, I think Rob Manford has done a great job. In fact, they talked about that while I was in Kansas City. Um, they have an RBI program in Kansas City. The guys who, in, who were in charge of that um, were talking about it the other day. So uh, I'm glad it's still going on. It's still going strong.
0: We're talking about Bill Latson of mlb.com. Bill, all of us on the panel here are just curious how you think the Astros fared the other day with their uh uh you know their introductory tour on apologies.
8: I don't think very good, to be honest <laughs> with you.
0: Um, I thought it sucked.
8: I, I thought it and sucked. My, and my reason for, for that was that um you know they all had to read Uh, you know, from a piece of paper, I I don't think it was... uh, It is obvious. I mean, uh, you know, uh, everyone is not pleased by how it went about, how they went about it. So, um, you you know, in in retrospect, you wonder if the player should have been suspended. You just wonder. Because, because, uh, I'll I'll tell you, man, it was just Carl's Beltran. It was a lot of people who were involved. So, I think uh, I think it's a shame that they didn't read, They didn't, you know, talk from the heart. I think that was a big mistake.
3: I agree with you there. One, I thought it should have been more heartfelt. Two, I believe uh, Stan and I were talking about this uh, earlier, and I believe there should have been some sort of suspensions whether it was detrimental to Houston or had it set them back several years. I, I just think oh. if you're going to do what you did to Pete oh. Rose, you're going to do it what you did with the steroid-era players, uh, now you have this situation. I, I think Major League Baseball, to cover itself, needed in, to be a little in, bit more. In, uh, fa- in but, fairness. You've got
8: to keep this in mind, though. That would have been hard to do, yeah. uh, to suspend players. Because the Players Association, I guarantee you, would have been involved And And where would it
0: where would it have stopped? In other words, there wasn't any clear cut delineation. It was only these two guys. You don't know whether twenty were involved or like Tony Kemp has come out now with Oakland. He was on that team and he said, Hey, I came up like in mid August. They started telling me all this stuff and I said, I don't want to know anything about that. I'm hitting pretty well right now. I don't want to know anything about it. Right. So Right. Yeah,
8: but 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 Got there was it. so much they could do because if if they if Major League Baseball did try to suspend uh, players, uh, then uh, you know uh, they would have heard something from the Players Association.
0: In, fa- in fairness, mean, th- that was a problem. In fairness, the comparison, and I get where you're coming from with the Pete Rose comparison, Miles. But when Pete Rose became a player. That had been, the signs had been up in clubhouses for 50 years, no betting on baseball. I think part of the issue with with allowing the players a one-time pass here, Bill, is that I don't know that the players really clearly understood. I'm not saying they thought it was honest, but I don't think they understood what the potential repercussions for what they were doing were going to be. I disagree with you because, there were warnings in 2017, right? That
8: hey, you can't do. It. So I, I disagree with you there. Didn't didn't the, didn't
0: the commissioners' warning in 17 though specify that in case it's found out you did, the managers and the general managers are going to be responsible? Right. He he did say that. Yeah. All
8: but, right. But you know, um, I, I'm just telling you. I think what Ma- Rob Mafford has done. I'm just, I'm not just saying this because. Yeah. I worked for the company, but I think what he's done has been outstanding. Yeah. I, I, think he, I think the right punishments were allowed, and then you know because of what he did, you know the Astros. I give them credit; they they took care of their business. They they let uh, Cora and uh, the general manager go.
3: Yep.
0: Same
8: thing with the Mets. Yeah. So I, I and the Red Sox. So I mean, I, I think uh, how it came out. I think everything turned out okay. The only difference was the apologies were not very good.
0: You know, it's interesting you say the apologies were kind of read on paper, but the response from some other players on other teams has been fascinating. Uh, Cody Bellinger um, was not reading a piece of paper when he said flat out that Altuve stole the MVP from Aaron Judge a couple years ago the players that are speaking out about the, the other players, the guilty players, need to really be more contrite. Those, those demands for that contrition aren't being written out on pieces of paper. They're wearing those on their sleeve.
8: Right, right. and You know, the way uh, I, I take some of the excuses that some of the current Astros are coming up with I tell you, it's it's hard to believe, especially you know Altuve. I, I thought of all of them, Altuve did the worst
0: job. I, I thought I thought I'll tell you who I also thought for somebody who's so outspoken, like last year with the case of the baseballs, Justin Verlander. Right. They asked him a question, which it was fascinating, Miles and Bill. They asked him, hey, in 2017, you pitched at Minute Maid Park for the Tigers, and they hit you pretty good. What did you think? Over the last few days, have you thought about that at all? And he and he said, haven't thought about that at all. He goes, I don't really want to get into too many specifics. I mean, that was a pretty weak answer.
8: Yeah, and then you know, also too
0: that I agree with you. But um, another thing that helped the players
8: was that they were given immunity. Yeah. So 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 that's why you know uh, the Alex Cora's and the. Uh, and the College Beltrons lost their job because the players talked. And, you know, you know they're not going to reveal the exception of the Yet You don't have a choice there. But mm-hmm. they're not going to reveal that they spoke against the Astros. They're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you see why things are what they are.
3: To uh, kind of change the subject a little uh-huh. bit, what did you think about the Mookie Betts trade?
8: Um, again, I always tell this uh, to Stan, I want to wait and see first. And the reason I say that, I want to see how both Price and Betts can adjust to the National League. So I don't care what anyone says. There's a difference between the two leagues. There's a difference. So I want to see if uh, Mookie Betts you know, can handle the top pitchers, like, you know, the Groms of the world. I think they're better pitchers than the National League. So we'll see, and uh, you know, on paper it's a steal. It's a steal yep. right now. Yeah. But let me see uh, how they do. So um, we'll take it from there.
0: Let me ask you a question. The uh, the during the off season, the, the Dodgers have have lost they um, uh, uh, to Toronto. And Rich Hill, who I I know he was only available sporadically last year, is gone. Maeda's gone. And what they've added in his place, I guess, is a more ready to pitch from day one, Dustin May and David Price. Is the Dodgers' rotation good enough to win a World Series with, um, you know, Walker Bueller? And Stripling and Kershaw and, and Price and 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 Bellinger. Um. uh I mean Kershaw. Kershaw. Say. Yeah. I'm uh, but uh, you know what? Again. Gotta wait and see.
8: It, it, but but not only that though. I mean, you t- think about how Kershaw was
0: during the postseason. He wasn't very good. No, he wasn't. But the Nationals figured it out. So no, so, mean, Price becomes. You know, we understand why Price was included in the deal. The Red Sox wanted out of that that usurious contract, and also Price had become a kind of a bad clubhouse presence in Boston. No, I would, no, no,
8: no. Wait a
0: minute. Wait yeah, a, I'm not going to say that.
8: Okay. Well, I, mean, I, I didn't say you a said, said it. With I said one
7: person.
0: Yeah, he had a problem with Dennis, Dennis Eckersley. Secretary. But but the question is, can he still? He suddenly becomes. Hugely important to me, to the Dodgers, for him to kind of go back to being David Price, the great pitcher. Yes, and, uh,
8: you know, he should be better because he's going to be facing the the pitchers as well, and it's not like he's going to be facing a designated hero. So from that standpoint, he should be better. He should be. But, uh, again, Stan, you know me. Wait and see. I'm not going to say... The Dodgers are going to go to World Series because, I, because I've seen what the Nationals have done. Even though they lost Rendon, I, I love their, their uh, pitching staff. They include their bullpen. I mean, they could repeat again. So um, I'm not going to sit here and tell you the Dodgers are going to uh, go all the way. I'm not going to tell you that.
6: Hey,
2: Bill. Speaking of the World Series, the Yankees went out and signed Garrett Cole in the offseason, and right. basically everybody just automatically put the Yankees into the World Series,
8: which is wrong. Go ahead.
2: Um, and I agree with you. I think it's wrong because you're looking at that Yankees rotation, and you have Jay Happ, who's now 37 years old. That that ERA hit ballooned close to five last year. Domingo Herman is on the disabled list, not disabled suspended He's um, list. on the suspended list for 80 games, and Luis Severino coming back from injury. After Garrett Cole, doesn't seem like they have a ton of depth in that starting rotation. They lost Dylan Patances from that bullpen, and the Rays are up and coming with a really solid rotation. I don't think it's going to be such a cakewalk for the Yankees this year.
8: Hey, listen, uh, if you have listened to me on this show, you know, I've always teased Craig Heiss in particular, and the Yankees are going all the way because I'm a diehard Yankee fan. But in reality, outside of Garrett Cole, I don't think they have much of a pitching staff, to be honest with you. I'm not impressed by the bullpen either. The bullpen, uh, somehow this is overlooked. The bullpen wasn't very good during the postseason. So I hope that, you know, um, they all can come back and uh, and may be better than what they were last year. And, you know, we can't forget Tanaka. Tanaka had an elbow injury. Uh, you know, well, he, he sort of has years. an
0: ongoing elbow problem every year a little bit, you know.
8: Yeah, but so I, I think that, uh, you know, I'm going to say this again. I agree with you about the Rays. I think the Rays, you, you know, uh, despite losing Tommy fans, I like Renfro as well. I think he could be something for the Rays. I, I, I think the Rays are going to give the Yankees problems. I think they're going to be their biggest problem.
0: No well, question. I, I don't think there's any question about that uh miles has got one more for you and then we'll let you go bill we always appreciate your time go ahead i was
3: thinking about your uh the the comment that you made before about the differences between the two leagues and designated hitter in the american league no designated hitter in the national league which gives like price going to the national league now he you face eight quality hitters and then you face the pitcher which kind of gives you an automatic out so does don't you just, isn't there like kind of a, just a distinct advantage to the National League when you get for, for a, a pitcher pitching. that switches over leagues like that?
8: I, I guess. I mean, but but I, I think in Price's case, I, I just think that with the league not knowing him, and, and plus he has to face pitchers who, who are going to hit, um, I can't help but think that he is going to be successful in his first year with the Dodgers. Um, I mean that guy. I mean, think about this. This guy had to face for most of his career the American League East, which was that was that is still is a tough division. So I, you know, and outside of the Dodgers, you know, again uh, with the, everyone's bragging about the Diamondbacks, that's a wait and see too. I I got to see how well they do. But outside of that, I, I you know I I think that the price should be
0: successful. All right. He is Bill Latson. MLB.com is the place to read his stuff. Please, folks, go to read it Uh, this week. He wrote a piece. He was out in Kansas City for the 100th anniversary of the Negro, Negro League Hall of Fame in Kansas City, Missouri. Thank you very much, Bill. We'll talk to you next week. All right? A time. Take care. All right. There he goes, Bill Latson. Wanna remind you that the battle round is presented by Mobile One. Mobile One Full Synthetic Motor Oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube Service Center and ask for Mobile One. Um, you know this time of year is exciting. We're starting a baseball season, and there's one restaurant that's pretty darn good. Uh, any season of the year, and that is the Costas Inn. Uh, the Costas Inn is a very special place, no matter what time of year you go. Located 4100 North Point Boulevard, the Costas Inn is known far and wide for their great steamed crabs and crab cakes. But get a load of these nightly specials: on Monday night, crab cake night; Tuesday night is rib night; Wednesday night is steak night. Partner with half. Price bottles of wine on steak night. That's Wednesday night. Thursday night is lobster night, and then Friday, Pete and Nick and the whole staff there put together a variety of special dinners. Take it from me, stand the fan any time of year, any season. The Costas Inn is the place to go. And remember, if you are thinking of going and saying spontaneously tonight, hey, you want to get crabs to your family, you got to call ahead. Make sure they got them. 410 477 1975. That is the Costas Inn. And I want to welcome back an old sponsor, longtime friend, Mark Schwartzman and Glen Burnie Transmissions. That's right, right located right in the heart of Glen Burnie. Glen Burnie Transmissions has been around going on 60 years. If you suspect you're having a transmission problem, GBT can save you hundreds of dollars over taking it to car dealers for repair. Make an appointment, and they offer free estimates and free diagnostic. Call GBT toll-free at 855-728-1841. Their mission at Glen Burnie Transmission is simple, to provide excellent service at a reasonable price. If you have any question about the level of service, go to their website at gbt-online.com. And check out the number of five-star reviews. Let my friend Mark Schwartzman and his GBT team take the trouble out of transmission troubles. Call them today at 855-728-1841.
5: Okay, I'm getting an Italian cold cut with oil and vinegar. Turkey and Swiss with extra mayo for me. And I want a ham and cheese with everything. Before we go to the game, we go to Royal Farms. It's not football without a Royal Farms sub. At Royal Farms, it's all fresh. And delicious. In this town, you don't tailgate with a hoagie, you tailgate with a Royal Farms sub and world famous chicken. Royal Farms. Real fresh, real fast, real Baltimore. Check out
7: Costa's Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. They're known far and wide for their great steamed crabs and crab cakes. And their nightly specials also include crab cake night on Monday, rib night on Tuesday, steak night on Wednesdays with a half price bottle of wine, and lobster night on Thursdays. Check out costazen.com to find out more. And the delicious crab cakes are shipped
5: anywhere.
0: The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our very special Press Box Best of 2019 issue presented by Maryland Sports Commission. On the cover, we recognize Lamar Jackson as Athlete of the Year, and Bill Erdine honors the inspirational Mo Gabba as our Sports Person of the Year. Inside the issue, we celebrate the top people, performances, and moments of the year. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. You can also find the entire edition
1: Baltimore's favorite bar is just 771 feet from home plate. Slider's Bar and Grill, just steps from Camden Yards, is the perfect sports bar for Terps and Caps season with all the games on dozens of TVs. Slider's daily specials include Mexican Monday, Wing Ding Wednesday, Bloody Brunch Sunday, and more with different drink specials every day of the week, including Fancy Clancy Pilsner. Find out about all of the parties and get info on having your own party or company event at slidersbaltimore.com. Slider's one of Baltimore's original continuously operating bars catch all the action at your neighborhood
0: glory days grill voted best sports bar 18 times where we have tons of TVs to catch every moment of every game enjoy 699 burgers on Mondays 599 nachos on Thursdays and other food and drink specials throughout every season to help you cheer on your favorite teams come in today and try something new from our seasonal
5: menu glory days grill great
0: food good sports
5: if it's happening in Baltimore sports and beyond, it's happening on Glenn Clark Radio. He is Mr. Trey Mancini. Thanks for
1: having me on, guys. Glad to uh, be back on. Ravens
5: linebacker Matt Judon. Appreciate it, y'all.
1: How y'all doing? He is Ravens kicker Justin Tucker. Thanks for having me. Adley Rutchman. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Coach Mark Turgeon. You bet, guys. How you guys doing? Joe Burrow. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Marlon Humphrey. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Coach Mike Loxley. Thanks for having me on. Jalen Stick Smith. Thanks for having me. The great Ray Lewis. Always good to be on. What's up, fellas? Hey, what's
5: going on, Ed? Glenn and Kyle are live Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to noon, and archived anytime. Watch Facebook.com slash Sports and listen to PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. And we are back on the bat round
0: Stan the Fan, Miles Goodman, who is absentia right now, and Paul Valley. Uh, I want to remind you about uh, one place, if you're interested in real barbecue, this is outside of going to a game at Camden Yards and eating at Boog's Barbe- Barbecue. If you're interested in real barbecue and an amazing selection of whiskey and microbrews, when you come to Blue Pit Barbecue in Hamden, you get the cool atmosphere and the best barbecue in the area, all made fresh and smoked every day, open for lunch and open late, Blue, Blue Pit is also great for parties and events. Go to BluePitBBQ.com for menus. BluePitBBQ.com for menus and directions. Joining us in just a couple minutes, right? Eh, give, it, give it one or two minutes, is uh, going to be Howard Bender. Howard is the proprietor of Fantasy Alarm. And if you go to FantasyAlarm.com, you'll see... That Jim Bowden, who's a partner with uh, Howard Bender, uh, former GM, real general manager for Cincinnati Reds and the Washington Nationals, uh, he has a fantasy baseball draft guide twenty, and the the price they're offering online right now, it's normally thirty nine ninety seven. Now it's just nineteen ninety seven. Buy it now. This is a great piece. To help you prep, and that's what we're going to talk to Howard about in just a minute. We'll call him in just a minute, but Howard Bender, uh, who does the Fantasy Alarm Show 4-6 to on XM Radio on the Fantasy Channel, station number 87 uh, there. Uh, how you doing on your first show back? Hey, this is great. It's good to be good to be
3: back. It's good to talk baseball too.
0: Yeah, it we is. Talked
3: a lot of football over the years, and it's good to be talking Orioles again.
0: Again, you've been very intimately involved with a lot of the more famous or well-known uh, foundation efforts. By you had Ed's Big Band.
3: Yeah, Edwin Molotalo's Big Ed's Band Foundation.
0: Then you had the Center. Uh, uh,
3: uh, Matt, the Matt Katula Foundation. Matt, Matt was is the long snapper for right, the Ravens. The long snapper, that's yeah. right.
0: And uh, now, and also Haloti Ngata. Uh, yeah,
3: currently, I still work with the Haloti Family Foundation, right. and uh, there will be uh, a luau in Baltimore on July 25th. Oh, great! Yeah, that's
0: well, super. Haloti's
3: coming back. Where's?
0: Do we know yet where it's going to be? Uh,
3: it'll be downtown at the Renaissance. Uh, oh, that sounds yeah, great. It'll be it'll be big. All right. And uh, I think if you go to uh, the. Uh, hellodi dot com. There should be information posted there. There'll be information coming, probably on Facebook and Is all. Is there any places. chance
0: he's going to dance? I would think
3: absolutely. Usually Helodi has a surprise at everyone he I sings, was blown away. I was blown away. Uh, the one year he sort of uh, lip synced, and then we were like, "Wow, that was pretty good." And then we realized he was lip syncing. Next year he came back actually singing, and he he's done the haka. We have a dance crew there. You know, Haloti's pretty talented. Well, we'll talented love to musician. help promote yeah. that for yeah, you yeah, here at Press Box.
0: All right, uh, Miles Goodman again joining me today. Craig Heist is doing the Nat Show over on uh, uh, Masson today, and uh, he'll probably join us next week. But you'll see Miles a little bit moving forward, and of course Paul Valley is our board up. We're making our connection right now with the one and only Howard Bender. Howard, how are you? Stan, what's going on, man? How you been? This is my time of year to talk to you. I go, you know, I, I, I'm so incensed with the politics these days. I listen to an awful lot of MSNBC, and all of a sudden this week I said, something's missing, and it's Howard Bender, and all of a sudden I texted you to come on the show been listening to you again uh, really enjoy it and I find you a vital piece of my prep for my fantasy draft
6: well I appreciate that very very much yeah baseball season it's an exciting time that's definitely a better way to spend your time reading up, reading up on fantasy baseball than it is reading politics
0: now I've got you've got Jim Bowden I've got miles Goodman in here with me he's my co-host on the show Miles played fantasy baseball one year back in, like, about 1988, 89, yeah. something like that, when uh, <laughs> it was smoke signals. Give him a little pep talk why he should get back into playing fantasy baseball. Oh, well. It's a big difference.
6: <laughs> this, is a, this is a really dark time to really try and sell somebody on it, especially with everything that's going on with the Houston Astros. But, I mean, listen, I you know, as far as fantasy sports go, is there any better way to just immerse yourself into the game? I mean, that to me, I mean, it's it's not only it's diving into your favorite team and their farm system, it's diving into every team, all 30 teams. You can go as deep as you want to go. You don't have to go all the way to the bottom uh, and look at what their single-A farm club's doing. But, you know, to me, there's nothing better than just Being able to sit back and and relax and watch a ball game, three hours, three and a half hours of
0: just, you know, hardcore in-game management. And have the misery of your players either getting hurt or going 0 for 5 with 5Ks.
6: Well, that's, yeah, I mean, that's That's my, (laughs) that's my
0: history. I'm,
6: I'm already dealing with that. I already, I've already. i drafted three teams already, and I just lost Mike Clevenger for the next two months. So <laughs> I'm, I'm already real too, Stan.
3: I think the most difficult part for me was being locked in on the Orioles, especially when the Orioles were good. Right. And then the Orioles would go up against the Red Sox or the Yankees, and I'd have... You know my Orioles and I'd ha- you know be You had I'd a go-
0: hard time separating rooting yeah. for
3: and then, for a player on the other Right team. and then wanting to see uh you know whoever it was for the Yankees you know could be the make or break for me and wanted to see that guy go 2 for 4 against the Orioles when the Orioles were playing he's a for pur- the division. He's a pure He's a purist, Howard. Yeah, he's it was, a purist. It's hard to, it's hard to make that that shift in uh you know that mindset, and then to root for a Yankee—you know the hated Yankees—you know to, to root for one of their players, the Red Sox, to come in and have a good night against the Orioles. So it was getting over that purist mentality to get into, you know, into the fantasy overall.
6: You got to look at it as a business. You're playing <laughs> yeah, yeah, a game. you go. you're, you've got a competition here. You have to kind of push that that you know that that belief aside. Listen, diehard Yankee fan. I grew up. You know, born and raised New York. You think during fantasy football season I love stacking teams against my Jets? No, it hurts me. It hurts me. But But, it, but it's a great a par- business
0: opportunity, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Hey, hey, the the players have put out this sort of half assed apology on the Astros for the most part. Very very sort of reading off a of paper and all that. They're apologizing sorta of to the fans in general and their other players. Don't they owe fantasy players an apology? Like, in other words, how much money have we lost on the fact that the Astros players were cheating?
6: Listen, the apologies go beyond, like way beyond anything that they've done. I mean, you're talking about, uh, you know, Cody Bellinger's comments the other day, talking about how Jose Altuve stole an MVP out of Judge. You see, you know, Freddie Freeman, you know breaking down in tears at, at Braves fan Fest because he starts recounting the time that Chris Medlin one of his best friends was making a comeback gave up 7 runs to the Astros in less than an inning wow uh, and then and then retired from baseball afterwards thinking I'm done I just don't have it left in me anymore um you know obviously my skill set is uh, is diminished so i mean listen the Astros fantasy owners reality fans, fellow uh you know, fellow players, coaches. I mean people have lost jobs over this yeah uh over this whole thing and really it's been, you know, absolutely nightmarish. I mean it's been you know Joe Girardi would probably still be the Yankees manager if it wasn't for the two thousand seventeen Astros. Uh, I
0: think that's a great point. It's a great point. Uh gotta ask you something, uh and we're gonna explain to people how they can can get a really great piece of their prep work through FantasyAlarm.com. We're going to explain that in just a minute. But for somebody that might be first or second year, third year playing fantasy baseball, that even has some experience with the in-season, what are a couple of the key things that they need to do, Howard, to get ready for their auction slash drafts? Like, in other words, to go into the room what do they need to have on hand with them? Well, I mean,
6: obviously, you know, I, we can talk about, yeah, the fantasy alarm cheat sheet, which basically it, it serves as your rankings, your right. auction values, and it's, it's really it's a fantastic tool uh, just to have on hand. I mean, your prep work should really be done before you go into the draft room. Once you're in that draft room, you should know the player pool. Like that, you shouldn't be, you don't want to be the owl in your draft so that when somebody mentions a guy's name, you're not like, who, who, who is that? Mm -hmm. Like you need to make sure that you're, you're set because once you walk into that draft room, then it's like a poker game. You need to know who you're drafting against, what their favorites are. Like now I know that you guys are huge Orioles fans. If you guys and I are in an auction, you bet your butt I'm going to start bidding up John Means because you're going to want to get him. So, you know, it's it's really it's also it's about it's not just knowing the actual player pools and the stats that you want to accumulate. It's also it's about knowing who the guys are that you're drafting against.
0: How's the best way, Howard? It's and I'm look, I've played since 1985. I might have missed one or two years when I was living in North Carolina that I didn't play, but I've played, but I still find myself at a draft Not knowing sort of exactly what I need out of every category. In other words, is that important to walk into that draft and sort of map out that I need a 258 or better average for my whole team? I got to hit 175 to 200 home runs. I need 75 to 90 steals. Uh, Are there certain landmark numbers? That you should go into that room trying to acquire in your draft
6: um, <clears throat> there actually are you know what you what you want to do is you want to sit there and you want to look back at what you know it's not necessarily I mean what won the category the year before you know was it you know two hundred and eighty three home runs was it three hundred and fifteen home runs you know what won that category but what you want to do is you want to just see where that cutoff line is for like top five in your league you know everybody thinks you have to win every single category but you don't you just need to kind of finish in that top five of each one and that's kind of going to get you over that that hump we have a great article in the draft guide uh rick wolf one of my partners wrote that uh where he maps out exactly he does the work for you he maps out over the last several years the growth of home runs and rbis and the decline of stolen bases and really what marks you kind of, what you want to try and achieve. Um, now, obviously, there are certain things that you have to take into account when you are going with those category target numbers because obviously you don't have rookies who now play a much bigger part in fantasy baseball now than they ever have in, you know, even in the last 20 years. So there's a lot more youth that you're going to have to just... Kind of rely on projections, look and feel, understanding what the the lineup's going to be, but yeah, we map it all out for you the numbers you want to hit and then uh and then how you adjust for guys who just don't have any kind of a track record.
3: How about as you're pro- progressing through the season, and like you mentioned, Clevenger's already out for a period of time, and we were talking about Cole Hamels being down for a while. When you come up with injuries as you're going through the season, how e- easy is it? And I know it can't be easy to replace any of your guys and and still be able to put up the stats, still be able to put up numbers.
6: Well, that's that's always uh, an interesting thing. You know, some guys just their their replacement value is too high. You're never gonna you're never gonna find somebody uh, midway through your season who's gonna put up the numbers like Mike Clevenger would put up. And you yeah. know, even if you're talking about the beginning of this season, you know, if if you own a guy like Clevenger, you have to just assume that you need to make up somewhere else. Like for me, if I lose a guy like Clevenger, okay, I'm not going to get the same guy somebody who's going to strike out batters like he is. So what I need to do is I need to make sure that I look to the other categories like whip and ERA uh, and maybe just kind of stabilize myself there for the time being, knowing that once Clevenger is back, I will start getting a, a boost in strikeouts. It's just kind of give and take, really, for when you're looking at uh, at full replacement.
0: We're talking with the great Howard Bender of FantasyAlarm.com. Howard hosts the Fantasy Alarm program on XM Radio, station number 87 with Jim Bowden, every single day, Monday through Friday, from 4 to 6. Um, Howard, Let's talk specifically about the Draft Guide 20. It's uh, got Jim Bowden's name attached to it. Lends a lot of credibility to to this uh, program that you can buy online every year. That you got a real ex MLB GM uh, that's stamping his approval on this thing.
6: Yeah, Jim does a great job, and he's actually been making a really nice transition from reality GM. <laughs> To fantasy GM, and you can ask, you know, you, you hear him talk about certain things of that he's picked up and learned along the way with regard to the fantasy aspect. But, yeah, I mean, listen, the best part about having Jim doing a set of rankings for us is because he's actually talking to all the other GMs. He's talking to all the reality GMs. He's getting a feel for what they're talking about as far as their expectations for their players. And he's legitimately talking about how, his, how each team's players rank amongst the rest of the league. So when Jim puts his rankings together, it's not, it's not just Jim Bowden's ranking. Right. It's also the rankings of 30 big league GMs who have all, he's spoken to each one. And then for the fantasy aspect, even more so, then I do, I do my set of rankings and yep. Adam Ronis. Uh, who's one of the top uh, industry guys in fantasy right now also, he and I do our sets of rankings, and that way what we do is we do a, a, a series where you can watch, look at all three sets of rankings, then a composite of all three opinions, and that is really, that's that's what's going to put people over the top. So
0: you got Bowdoin's rankings, you got your rankings, and Adam Ronis all in this package. <laughs> yeah. That's, pretty, <laughs> that's a pretty powerful combo. I'm a... I'm a rankings guy. How important are the the actual content pieces? More the written, uh, where a writer, a columnist like Matt Zells or some writes content. How important are those to prepping for the season, Howard? Well, you know what, one of the things that we made sure of in this draft guide
6: is that we didn't have these cumbersome articles that were going to take a while to read. Right. You know, strategy, everybody now is looking for for the quick hits, the mm-hmm. quick suggestions, the points. So we do our 30 strategy section where, I mean, those articles are maybe 500 to 750 words. They're real quick and easy, and it's just it's just basic strategy stuff. You know, if you're looking for... You know, drafting closers, we've got a spot for that. If you want tips on how to, how to behave inside an auction, we've got that. So these content articles, I mean, we do have a couple of research abstracts. One of our writers, Mike Alexander, just won the Fantasy Sports Writer Association uh, Award for Best Ongoing Baseball Series for his uh, advanced analytics piece. And that's, you know, yeah, if you want to get into the hardcore nerdy stuff, absolutely, we've got that for you. But a lot of these content pieces are just meant to be quick reads, basic strategy, just to kind of help you along with what your thought process is, like which direction you should go. If everybody's zigging, how are you going to zag? That kind of thing.
3: Actually, I find that the most to be the most interesting part of, of fantasy just listening to you guys is the strategy of it. Like, if you've got a player that's underperforming, how do you know how long to go with them underperforming until you decide to make a change? It, is it almost like being a regular manager and looking at a player that's underperforming and deciding? But how do you how do you make these strategy decisions in fantasy when you're going up against the rest of the guys in your league?
6: Well, patience is always of the utmost importance. When it comes to fantasy baseball, uh, because it's such a long season <laughs> – You really need to give guys a a certain amount of time. You know, you sit there and you watch players like, let's say, Corey Kluber, for example, one of the top pitchers in the game for for the longest time. But if you watch Corey Kluber pitch in the month of April, you think that this guy was just the worst thing ever. So you have to kind of, you have to understand that the concept of sample size, really just know how many at-bats. And I've got an article in there also that sets out, you know, how many at-bats you need to give a guy before things sort of normalize with his stats, whether he's, you know, playing out of his mind great or whether he's struggling unbelievably. That, you know, everything just kind of regressive to the means and water always finds its, le- its own level. So you have to understand that aspect in the game of baseball.
3: Let me ask one follow-up to yeah. that. Go ahead. <laughs> how long would you give Chris Davis this year?
0: <laughs> I wouldn't be drafting Chris Davis. Don't do it. Don't no,
5: he means he means
0: the Chris Davis with a K. No, yeah. so he doesn't. No, I
3: didn't. A- no, I didn't. I meant Chris with a C. Yeah. Hey,
0: let's. I want to promote this, and then I'm going to give you a real life chance to help a fan, a poor schmuck fantasy baseball <laughs> player, in just a minute. Fantasy Baseball Draft Guide 20. Jim Bowden's Fantasy Baseball Draft Guide 20. Uh, get this is what's on the, on the website right now. Get fifty percent off instantly. Normally thirty nine ninety seven. Now just nineteen ninety seven. Is that the offer you're offering right now, Howard? Uh, you know what? I'm going to go one better
6: here and tell you that yeah, it's it's nineteen ninety seven. But if you go to fantasyalarm.com slash radio okay. and you use the use the promo code Bender. Okay. Well, I'll give you, I'll give you another 15% off on top of that. So the draft guide actually comes out to just over $15. All
0: right, that sounds unbelievable. Again, go to fantasyalarm.com and click on the uh, where do they where do they get that the login or where uh click on the offer and then put in Wait a minute, hold on. I want to make sure. It's go to slash radio and then put in the code word Bender, and that will allow you to get 15% off of the already low 1997 price. All right, here's here's the I'm gonna I'm gonna pry behind the wall here. You know, let, let people see behind the curtain. The whole reason I really had you on is because I've got a problem coming up in about three weeks. All right, you ready? I'm here. All yep. right, I've got Beau Bichette at five dollars as a keeper. Okay, I'm allowed eight keepers. All right. Bo Bichette at $5. Robert Perez, catcher, for $1. Miguel Sano at $14. Luis Arez at $4. Now, my pitchers are Lucas Giolito at $1. Liam Hendricks at $1. Joe Jimenez, I have to increase him to either $6 or $11. That leaves me one spot left, Howard, for these five players. All right.
6: Oh, wait. Wait, let me let me get a pen. I didn't all realize right. I was gonna this have is, to do some hard work. This here, is some okay, hard work,
0: all right? I got Yandi Diaz at five dollars. Wait okay. until I give wait until I give all of them. I've got Austin Hayes of the Orioles, five dollars. I've got Brett Gardner of the Yankees coming off of a terrific 2019 season with Aaron Hicks hurt. He figures to play a lot, $11. Then my pitchers, I've got Josh James at $4, who's looking more attractive now with Brad Peacock hurt or, or having some neck problems. And I've got Brad Keller of the Royals, who I have to increase to $7 or $12 if I wanted to keep him for one or two years. Again, Yandi Diaz, Austin Hayes, Brett Gardner, Josh James, or Brad Keller, which one of those guys would you keep?
6: Well, based on the, the bargain prices that you have going yeah. right now and, yeah. and, the, and the fact that stolen bases are at such a premium, I, I kind of I lean towards Gardner at 11, but in all honesty, I feel like Austin Hayes might be an, an intriguing guy, especially when they start playing around with the lineup. If he can start hitting towards the top end of that lineup, you know, I mean, the Orioles have nothing to lose. They're going to have to start running the bases. They're going to have to start manufacturing runs. I think a guy like James and a guy like Keller and even a guy like Yandy Diaz, uh, you know, Diaz is going to have a lot of competition for right. for work in, in Tampa, especially when they just made this deal that brought Manny Margot. They signed yeah. Tutsugo. So I would skip him. James and Keller, I think, are both replaceable at that amount of money. Even with Brad Peacock out, you know it's, the the weight of all of this on the Astros. Just think about what happens to the Astros when they go on a road trip. I mean, it's going to be yeah, really. relentless. So, so, so
0: my question is, though, with Hayes, the one factor you didn't touch on at all. If I knew he's going to play one hundred and thirty five, hundred forty games, I'm. There's no question he's the guy I'm picking. He's had two years in a row where he has missed substantial amounts of time with injuries. Yeah. So it's really – I tr- think
3: I think Gardner's your safe pick, yeah. and Hayes is your more of upside. like – yeah, yeah, upside yeah. kind of pick. All right. Yep, yeah.
0: he 100%. Is, he is Howard Bender again. FantasyAlarm.com slash radio. Use the cur- code word Bender, and you get – Fifteen percent off of the already low 1997 special price. Jim Bowden's Fantasy Baseball Draft Guide. Any shot to get you back on sometime in March?
6: For you guys, anytime. You know I'm available for All right. you. Stan. We're gonna have come on.
0: We're, we're gonna have Matt on in the next couple weeks to talk about some prospects because the the key thing you said today is you cannot go into that draft. And have names come up that you haven't heard of that is that is violation number one isn't it Howard
6: it's it's pretty bad it's yeah. pretty bad when you start being the owl in your draft you you definitely are not giving yourself a good luck
0: who hoo, <laughs> hoo. I like that Howard Bender he's the greatest. Thank you Howard gentlemen thanks so much. I'll talk to you soon all right and you can listen to Howard with Jim Bowden every weekday Monday through Friday. On XM Radio Fantasy Channel, Station Number Eighty Seven. All right, we've got to pay a couple bills before we get out of here. Sounds like you got
3: to be a little bit of a poker player when you go into the fantasy draft room.
0: Uh, you gotta, you gotta know your shtick. Yeah. Let me tell you, you gotta know your. Sounds like Barry White now. Know your shtick. You gotta you know. Like you gotta know it. All right. Hey, today's show is sponsored by Citron Restaurant. Citron Restaurant and Bar. You'll love their fresh Atlantic mm. seafood sushi. And thick grass-fed steaks, their Wagyu beef burgers to die for, citronbaltimore.com, citronbaltimore.com. And it's a big month for fight fans at Live Casino Hotel on Saturday, February 22nd. That's a week from tonight. The Hall at Live hosts a watch party for the big Deontay Wilder-Tyson Fury title fight. Admission starts at just $15 and includes one premium cocktail, beer, or wine, or go all-in for $75 with an all-you-can-eat wing buffet and premium open bar. Prices go up slightly at the door, so get your tickets now at livecasinohotel.com. And don't forget, on Friday, February 28th, Jeter Promotions presents Fight Night Boxing, in the hall at live, Damon Nicholson faces Mike Guy in the main event. Tickets start at just $55. As always, free parking for all events. Get your tickets now by going to livecasino.com. They've got a whole host of other great talent that will start giving to you next week again for the spring and summer squeeze on February 29th, OAR on March 14th, all at the hall at live this year. Now... Got to tell you about one of my favorite restaurants in town, and Craig Heist is usually in here to help me do it because he practically lives there. That's Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. Look, everybody knows that they're the place to go to for crabs, crab cakes, crab soup. I always remind folks about their incredible Maryland crab soup, their cream of crab. A lot of people that love cream of crab say it's the best they've ever had. The Costa Sin also has specials all through the week. Monday night is Crab Cake Night, right? Tuesday night is ribs night. Wednesday night is steak night. That's right. Steak night, partnered with half price bottles of wine. On Wednesday. Thursday is lobster night again. If you are interested in going to the Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard and you want crabs, you say, hey, that sounds like a great idea. Stan was talking about the crabs. I'm going to go there tonight. Don't just go there. You got to call up, and somebody at the reception desk will take your order and let you know whether they have crabs or not. All right. 410. 477-1975, seven seven, the Costas Inn. You won't regret going there, whether you have crabs or anything else on the menu at Costas Inn. We'll be back to close things out on the show and say goodbye right after this.
5: If you're looking to make an impact, there's no better place to do that than the U.S. Army. Whether your goal is to fight and cure deadly diseases, develop technologies, or seek adventures across the globe, the Army is where all of that can happen, and so much more. The Army is a team of a million individuals working together to take on the most complex problems in the nation and the world, and to win. Ask yourself, what's your warrior? Go to Army.com slash Baltimore to find out. To learn more, contact your local Army recruiter and find us on social media at U.S. Army Baltimore. The latest edition of Press Box is
0: available now and it's our very special Press Box Best of 2019 issue presented by Maryland Sports Commission. On the cover we recognize Lamar Jackson as Athlete of the Year and Bill Erdine honors the inspirational Mo Gabba as our Sports Person of the Year. Inside the issue we celebrate the top people, performances, and moments of the year. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations including 60 Royal Farm stores. You can also find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the
1: Orioles Ravens and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square now offers Their piping hot chicken noodle And chicken tortilla soup Shredded chicken breast with navy and black beans In a white creamy soup base With a perfect blend of vegetables and spicy heat Topped off with seasoned corn tortilla strips Obviously perfect for cold weather Plus it's a great compliment To the best chicken sandwich on the planet And if you're hosting or headed to a party Pre-order from chick-fil-a nottingham square catering for not only is it delicious and a fan favorite but it smells amazing and it'll be ready when you are download the chick-fil-a app place your order and pile up chick-fil-a bonus points good for free food chick-fil-a nottingham square 5198 campbell boulevard call steve if you'd like your party catered by chick-fil-a 410-931-0031
5: the biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out.
1: Brett the Hitman Hart. It's good to be on the show. Adam Cole. How are you guys doing today? Matt Riddle. Yeah man, thanks man. Broken Matt Hardy. Excellent. The bad guy. Scott Hall. Mm, hey yo. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on the show because I'm freaking
5: miserable. The champion. Chris Jericho. The champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at pressboxonline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud.
0: We are back to wrap things up on the show. The fact that the show is ending, by the way, we've probably got, who knows, 20, 30, 40 people that are popping on right now you know, on Facebook, Facebook Live. If you are and you hear me talking to you now, please, it's not too late to like and share the program. What that does is it pops up in other places for other people to say, hey, let me try that. And all of a sudden the numbers exponentially go up. Uh, No question that it works. Paul, since he's come on as producer of the show, has been actively promoting the show the night before with the guest list which has helped so again if you are on facebook live right now it's not too late at the end of the show to click on share it really does help exponentially raise our cum audience miles you got one in the books yeah
3: man it was just really good to be back talking especially talking to orioles you yeah. know if you can't be excited about the orioles now there's there's no time so it's it's just kind of fun opening a spring training. Can all you know? It's twenty degrees out, but you sort of can
0: you know it's coming. You know, was it was <laughs> it like uh, riding a bike getting yeah, back on? Yeah, man,
3: it? Uh, yeah, it was just like um, yeah. we got a nice little podcast studio. here. Uh, it's this is great. I, I the, mean, your your whole your whole setup down here is pretty
0: cool. It's the live casino hotel studio where you've been listening to the Bat Around. Thanks to Paul Valley. Thanks to Miles Goodman. I'm Stan the Fan. Don't forget, Glenn Clark all week long. A couple things I want to promote real quick. Next Sunday in Pikesville, or Pikesville-Northwest Baltimore, at Har Sinai Oheb Shalom, next Sunday at 9.30 in the morning, Barry Weinberg, the former trainer for the Oakland A's, back during the steroid era, okay, and then the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, he was always Tony LaRusso's main trainer. He's written a book called Uncle Barry's Eating My Way Through Baseball. He'll sign the book, but he'll be there at Oheb Shalom next Sunday. He's going to be on our show next Saturday at 11.05. And that book that Billy Ripken wrote, which we're going to try and get Billy on the show, it's called State of Play, Old School versus New School. State of play. Howard Bender was kind enough to come on fantasyalarm.com/slash-radio. Code word Bender. B-E-N-D-E-R gets you 15% off of the already low 1997 price. That's fantasyalarm.com/slash-Bender. I mean slash-radio. Code word Bender. Fantasyalarm.com slash radio, code word Bender, gets you a special price on that. Thanks for listening. Uh, Thanks for tuning in on Facebook Live. We'll see you next Saturday. Glenn Clark and Kyle here all week long, 10 to 12, Monday through Friday.